0: I forgot to mention at the beginning of Mass, so today is the Solemnity of Christ the King. It's the last Sunday of our liturgical year. Next Sunday we begin Advent. Uh, And Archbishop uh, has, again, if you remember last year, he mandated a preaching series throughout the diocese at this time of year. He's done it again this year. And so he's asked, starting today and through all of Advent, he's asked all the priests of the diocese uh, to preach on theme, a theme that he has laid out. And that theme is on the Eucharist as the sacrament of charity. But you know me, I have to say at least one thing about Christ the King. <laughs> so you had two for one, two homilies, really short first one, I promise, and I can just feel it. I can feel it inside of you, you're like... Really briefly, I want to say one quick thing. So, Origen in the 3rd century, when he talks about the kingdom of God, one of the things he says is that you pray the Our Father every day. And you should pray it multiple times a day. And every time when you pray the Our Father, you say, Thy kingdom come. And Origen says, whether you realize it or not, what you are asking God for in that petition is you are asking that he would reign in your soul. In your soul, all of us, right, what happens is we have these sins in our souls, and we're used to thinking of sins sometimes as just, I did that wrong, that wrong, and that wrong. You're like, you know, I, uh, I was angry in traffic, I yelled at my kids, I egged Father Brian's house, whatever it might be, and I, woke, I know who you are, but um, that didn't happen, but... More profoundly, brothers and sisters, sins are things that want to gain power in your soul. Pride, lust, hatred, jealousy, envy, greed. These things have power in our souls. And when you pray for Christ, when you, and you pray to God, you say, thy kingdom Come. You're praying that Christ would reign in your souls and that he would cast out these powers. What a beautiful prayer. So when you pray the Our Father today at Mass, hear those words and mean them. Okay, that was pretty good for first. That was like short. For me, like that was pretty good. Okay. I hate talent shows. Don't you hate talent shows? Yeah, those of you who don't, is because you have talents, <laughs> right? And you're the people who invented talent shows to make the rest of us feel terrible, right? It's like when you're a kid, and there's, like, the one kid in class who can, like, turn his eyelid inside out, and you're like, I have no talents, right? Huh. I really, I, I, I've always hated talent shows. We have one, though, in the seminaries, and Zach, it's still going on, right? Do you like the talent show? No. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Unite untalented people. Um, so we have a talent show in the seminary. We just call it Coffee House. And my first year as a seminarian, uh, I was like, what the heck am I going to do for a talent show? And I was kind of nervous about it. And a group of my friends uh, in our first year of seminary, we all kind of felt the same way. And we all were like, we don't have any talent. So we did what any logical person would do. We went to Goodwill, bought a bunch of 70s kind of clothing style items. And uh, we reenacted the famous cowbell skit from Saturday Night Live. If you don't know that skit, you can't be Catholic, so uh, (laughs) go watch that. It's absolutely hilarious. So about five of us, we got together. We pretend to be a band, and we acted out the Don't Fear the Reaper, where he's like, I need more cowbell. And we're getting ready for it, and we're all nervous. And we walk into the cafeteria where the talent show's at, and the person ahead of us is in the middle of their talent. And now it's Father Hector, Chiapa. And Hector's in the, in the cafeteria, and the lights are dimmed. And he has a slideshow of Caravaggio paintings. And I kid you not, and he, he has a glass of port. And there's classical music playing. And he's like, do you see the theological significance of Caravaggio's light? And I'm like, we're about to do the cowbell skin. <laughs> I'm like, what are we thinking? <laughs> was, oh boy. It was crazy. And we did the Cowbell skit, and one of the craziest things that happened was at the end of it, Hector came up to me and he goes, and he had never seen the Saturday Night Live skit. And he's like, that was amazing. Did you come up with that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty talented. <laughs> <laughs> after Mass, after the last Mass, someone said, How on earth is Father Brian going to tie a cowbell to the Eucharist? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> For a lot of us, so why are the bishops doing this? Why are we having this Eucharistic? Uh, and the, why is Archbishop doing this? The bishops right now are having this Eucharistic revival. So in two and a half years, the bishops are having a national congress in Indianapolis And to bring us together to be more devoted and united in the Eucharist. And why are they doing this? Well, a couple of reasons. One reason is because we've got a lot of division in the church. There's a lot of division and wounds in the church right now. And the Eucharist, we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, the Eucharist is what creates the church. The Eucharist is not one aspect of the church. The Eucharist creates the church. Uh, the other reason is, and we've all heard this, haven't we, that there's lots of Catholics that don't believe in the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. They have a hard time. Maybe, maybe you're one of them. Maybe you have a hard time saying, Jesus, I love you, but like, I don't understand. Is that really you present under the outward forms of bread and wine? Is it really your body and blood, soul and divinity? When I thought about that, for years in my life, one of the reasons I struggled to believe in the Eucharist was because I didn't understand why God would do that. It just seemed strange to me. And very honestly, what it felt like was just kind of like Jesus showing off a weird miracle. It's kind of like a talent. Right, Jesus is like, "Hey, check out what I can do, guys. I can turn that piece of bread into my flesh." And for years I was kind of like, "Lord, I love you. That's really weird." But okay, if you say if you say so. All right. And I would struggle. I would go to adoration, and I'd be at mass, And I remember sitting and kneeling. Maybe you've done this. And I would sit in the pews and I would say, Jesus, is that really you? And today what I want to do is very simple. So Archbishop Aquila has named the theme for this uh, Christ the King Sunday and for Advent as the Eucharist as the sacrament of charity. The sacrament of charity. And today what I want to do is I want to help you understand What is God doing in the Eucharist? Why did Jesus do this? Why would he give us his flesh and blood under the symbols of bread and wine? Why would he do that? So St. Thomas Aquinas defines charity as friendship with God. Aquinas defines charity as friendship with God I, uh, I was reading him this week, walking through that and talking about this. Every one of you in this church, myself included, what we want friendship so badly, don't we? And it turns out that friendship is hard for us. Friendship is easier for children, actually. For adults, friendship is a little harder. There's a, a meme on the internet that's, that's been really popular the last couple of years. And it's all over t-shirts and you can get, you know, different things that have this on, bumper stickers. And it says that Jesus, that actually the biggest miracle Jesus ever performed was having 12 close friends in his 30s. Right? And if you're not laughing, you haven't turned 30 yet or you're too old to remember your thirties, right? It's one of those two. Friendship as adults is is actually really hard. Uh, I looked up some studies on this that have been done recently. It turns out that men, that you and I, are particularly bad at adult friendships, and especially with other men. In our time, men struggle to make friendships with that. women do too, but there's something about us as men that we struggle with it. Um, There's a a study done in 1990 that asked men uh, how many close friends that they would say they had. In 1990, 55% of men reported that they had at least six close friends. That was 1990s, 55%. If you jump to 2021, uh, they ask the same question, and if you ask how many men in 2021 would report that they had at least six close friends, that number was down to 27%. One in five single men report that they do not have any close friends. Think about that. 20% of single men report that they do not have any close friends. Every one of us, brothers and sisters, we desire intimate relationships. It's kind of hard as adults, though. But every one of us desires these things. Aquinas defines charity as friendship with God. And Archbishop Aquila has asked us to reflect on the Eucharist as the sacrament of charity. So that means the Eucharist is the sacrament of friendship with God. And so today I want to just do something very simple with you. I want to talk about two things that are necessary for friendship. According to both Aristotle and St. Thomas, but they're very straightforward, they're very simple. And I want to show you how God's doing in the Eucharist brothers and sisters, he's not showing you a strange talent. He's not performing kind of a showing miracle. He's not testing you to see if you have faith. What he's doing in the Eucharist is he's creating deep friendship with you. So St. Thomas says there are a number of things you have to have for a friendship. One of them, though, is you have to have affection. Friendships involve love, and it means you love another person. And I thought this was so ironic. I, I pulled out my Summa Theologiae, which is St. Thomas's most famous work. Uh, and I pulled out one of the volumes, and I went to the section on charity. And when I opened it, a little old bookmark I had fell out. I've got it here. Here it is. And I don't know where it's from. It's actually a postcard someone sent me. And uh, this fell out yesterday. And it was so providential. And this young woman named Brianna wrote me and she said, Dear Father Brian, I just wanted to take a moment and thank you for your yes, for the gift of your priesthood. You don't know me personally, but I have received the sacrament of reconciliation from you a number of times. And she went on and flattered my ego, and I'll spare you that. Um, But here's the first point. Uh, So she wrote me this when she was leaving town. Brianna and I, though, are not friends. And the reason why is because, as she said in her note, I don't know her personally. To have a friendship does not just mean affection, it means mutual affection. This is why you can't have a friendship with beer. You can't have a friendship with a celebrity that you don't know. Friendship is mutual affection. Today, when you receive communion... You receive the greatest affirmation you will ever receive for all of eternity. If you don't know this, uh, come to my RCIA class one year. If you don't know this, what the Catholic Church has taught for 2,000 years is that when you come to Mass, every time you come to Mass and you worship God, right, Sunday is the day of worship, Every time when you come to Mass, you are mystically present at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Right, to worship God, oftentimes we think, I, I, I feel like I worship God when I am in a good place and I know that I'm loved. and um, One of my favorite you know, songs come on and, and I've read scripture and, and that's all good. And you should do those things. But brothers and sisters, that is worship. Mount Calvary is worship. Where Jesus gave perfect love, perfect worship completely to the Father. And the Catholic Church teaches that every time you come to Mass, you and I are mystically drawn in to the moment where Christ Offered himself to the Father. And Jesus interpreted his own death. He helps us to understand what his death was about, and he did that at the Last Supper. At the Last Supper, and and we don't have time for this today. Again, come to my class sometime for this. Jesus interprets his death at the Last Supper, and you've heard the words a million times. At the Last Supper, Jesus takes a piece of bread, he tells us and identifies it as his body. He breaks it, right? The symbol of the breaking of his body, which happened there. And he says, take this, all of you, And eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up, and here's the key words for today. It will be given up for you. For you. Jesus' death is for you. St. Paul in Galatians 2 uh, great memorization verse Galatians 2:20. At the end of Galatians 2:20, Paul says that what happened on the cross, he says, the son of God loved me and he gave himself for me. Jesus, you loved me on the cross and you gave yourself for me. Friendship involves love. But, as St. Thomas says, it has to be mutual. The Eucharist, brothers and sisters, is the sacrament of charity because God, first of all, you will never receive a greater affirmation of love for you. He is on that cross, not for somebody else, but for you. And what that should do today at Mass and every time we go is it should invite us and it should evoke within us a deep response. Jesus, I don't love you as much as I should how could I not love you? When you give yourself to me in the sacrament of communion, which memorializes your death, but how could I not love you? The Eucharist creates friendship, brothers and sisters. Today at Mass, right, every Sunday, Every time you go to Mass, the priest says, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Augustine, when he preaches to his catechumens about this, he says, do you really? Or do you just say the words? Friendship is a relationship of mutual affection. What God is doing in communion, brothers and sisters, is not some strange miracle. It's not kind of a creepy trick that your uncle will do at Thanksgiving this year. It's kind of weird, and you're like, oh, super cool. That's not the Eucharist. The Eucharist is where God creates communion. Our division from God, right? In our second reading today at the very end in Colossians 2, uh, it's actually chapter 1. In Colossians 1 today, at the very end of this reading, it says that in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself. To reconcile all things to Himself. The Eucharist is not a fringe part of Christianity it is not a cool part the Eucharist is the beating heart of the Christian life where God reconciles through the death of Jesus Christ he reconciles us to himself in the deepest friendship you will ever have lastly today and this is so cool very simply, St. Thomas Aquinas says, for a real friendship to exist, there has to be a certain level of equality. Right? You, you tend to be friends with people that are somewhat similar to you, at least. You tend to think the same way. You have certain interests you share. There's a certain equality. This is why it doesn't work right. If you, uh, if you try to be friends with someone, you just think is like so cool, but you're not on the same playing field, right? It just, it just doesn't work. I, I think of sometimes my friends from high school, they don't admire me by the way, but my friends from high school, you know, it seems in Aristotle's example to flush this out, Aristotle says if you were friends with someone as a child and you grew up but they didn't, it would be hard to be friends. And sometimes, like, my high school buddies, I'll bump into them every once in a while, and they're like, hey, Lurkin, what's going?" I'm like, I'm a priest. (laughs) I still talk like that, actually. But But we kind of are in different places. We don't share a lot of the same things. There's less of a shared interest in life and the things that we love. And so the second thing that you have to have for a deep friendship is a certain level of equality in brothers and sisters' mystery of mysteries. God doesn't just love you. In the Eucharist, He is transforming you to become holy as He is holy. Our reading today says this as well. Colossians 1.12, we give thanks to the Father... Who has qualified us, our translation says, the the Greek word is Hikanos. He has made us worthy. Christianity is not about, I committed these sins, I check the boxes, I try to avoid them in the future. Christianity is where God reconciles. All things, all things to himself. Where he makes you not just someone who is saved, but he makes you his friend, his close, intimate friend. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof